Are you just trying to navigate adulthood in a world that still expects you to have it all figured out? Welcome to This Is 50, with your hosts, Travis Holmes and Shane McManus. Hey everybody, it's Travis and Shane is still still not with us. Uh, I did talk to him the other day, uh, called him up. Uh, I haven't talked to him in, I don't know, normally I talk to him at least at least once a week. And I called him the other day, actually yesterday, just to see how he was doing. And uh, I was like, you know, he's got to he's got to need a friend. I know what he's got going on. And uh, so I talked to him. I'm like, uh, you doing all right? He's like, everything's the same. Everything's the same. You know, my daughter's not getting any better. Uh, my dad is uh, doing his thing or his dad, father-in-law, I should say, is doing his thing, going through treatment and stuff. Um, stage four cancer of some sort. I forget what he's got. Uh, but yeah, I, he, nothing's changed. So I said, okay, man, you know, just make sure you're doing all right. And you need a, a breakup in your monotony as far as, you know, uh, you know, you wake up or you don't go to bed or whatever that is. And he's taken, you know, one kid to the one person to the hospital or one person to the appointment. It, it's, a, I don't, I want to say, I want to talk for him, but it's just the, the same monotonous stuff every day. And I said, man, I understand. I feel for you. Our listeners feel for you. Our listeners miss you as well. So I just figured I'd let you know that uh, he's still, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed for him. And I don't know when he's going to be back on the show, but um, uh, when he's ready, he's ready. That's the only thing I can say. And, uh, you know, I was talking to my wife about that. She's like, well, how's he doing? I said, well, you know, he's, he's doing his thing. And she's like, well, you know, let me know if we need to do anything just in case something happens, you know. You, you think the, the worst case scenario, something, you know, if no one's getting any better, something has got to go the other way. And I said, well, our relationship isn't like that. And she's like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, it's not like I'm going to, you know, invite him over for Christmas. I'm, it's not like we're going to celebrate birthdays together or anything. It's not that kind of relationship. It's just one of those relationships that, that Shane and I have that, you could sit there and, and shoot the ship for a while and then not talk to that person for a month and then just pick up on the, you know, hey, basically, hey, what, what's going on? Ah, uh, you know, nothing much. <laughs> that type of conversation. We're watching this here on YouTube video here. My hair is a mess, by the way. Uh, and so it, it's that's where we are in this relationship. I say relationship. It's a friendship. Friendship relationship. If you can work that into a a phrase or anything like that. She's like, well, just let him know that, you know, we're thinking about him. And I said, oh, I know everyone's thinking about him. And, uh, I, when I know he listens to the show on his off time and stuff when he sits on the back porch. So we just want him to know that everyone out here is listening for him and rooting for him, you know, to, for his whole family to get better or his situation to get better, better in one shape, form or another. <sighs> so that's, what's going on there. Uh, Matt, I don't know where Matt's at. Uh, kind of went AWOL on us <laughs> there. I know. And I say AWOL, he's, uh, he's, uh, he, he works a normal job. Not like us here <laughs> doing the broadcasting and stuff. He works uh Monday through Friday for a, uh, a charter school. Uh, so his, his time is, is, uh, taken up during the time that we do the show. So as of now, Matt is, uh, you know, trying to earn a, his living. Uh, but he's welcome to come back anytime. So he's uh, he's not around right now because he's working. <laughs> he works during the time we do the show. And we do this show every uh, the, every Friday. And I try to make this show, the This Is 50 show, not as commercial as the other uh, broadcasts that I do. Uh, this is just basically uh, me and you or me and, and whoever joins us here in the studio just talking things out and, and you know going through stuff and telling what goes on in our lifestyle or life and the happenings and stuff. And we try not to get too political, but sometimes I swerve into that lane and I see a truck heading at me head on and I have to swerve back over. But that's where we're at. Uh, I do want to say, speaking of swerving, I do want to say that um, I was watching TV the other night. I don't watch a whole lot of TV during the day. Uh, my wife works now from from home two days a week, and then I guess the option was home Monday and Friday, but has to go into the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So during a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 
Uh, I've got, you know, the bedroom to myself because she's working. And I was watching some show. I was flipping through the channels. I don't, well, hold on. Let me backtrack. I don't flip through the channels. I was trying to figure out what I was going to watch. And I was watching, uh, I forget what I was watching, but the the scene that came up, the, the reason why I bring this up, the scene that came up was the girls in this show, female women, uh, older, middle-aged, older, you know, 35, <laughs> I know women out there going, oh, they're, they're, they're grabbing their chest. I'm middle age is 35. No, I'm just saying that these women are uh, a, a little bit younger than I am, but still they have, they've, they've gone to school, they've gone to college and now they're, you know, trying to figure out their lifestyle after their second divorce. I'm sure. Um, they were saying, that, you know, the gray pants season, the gray sweatpants season. And I was like, <sighs> That's actually gross if you if you think about it. And what they're saying is, you know, when guys walk around with their gray sweatpants, you can see what they're what they're dealing with. <laughs> not that I'm looking by any means, I'm not. But there are times when you're sitting there watching. Now this is really going to sound creepy. As you're sitting there watching a guy in gray sweatpants, guys who wear gray sweatpants. Let's start there know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to show off their <laughs> their Jimmy Johns. They're Jimmy Johnson. And when you wear great gray sweatpants, uh, they don't put underwear on. So women go, ooh, look at what he's packing. I mean, you know, look at that thing flopping around and stuff. Meanwhile, you don't know what's behind that. It's probably $150,000 worth of debt, and he's living in a one-room apartment, you know, barely making end meets, and he's he's an Uber driver, you know, doing that stuff. But, ooh, man, look at those sweatpants. Look at him. <laughs> look at him bounce to the left, to the right. I just think it's it's a double standard. Now, you, you can talk about double standards all day long, but, you know, when the wintertime comes around, Guys are like, ooh, sweater meat. And women go, what's sweater meat? Well, you know, when you wear sweaters and stuff and it makes your tatas a little bit more prominent and stuff. And you're looking at that like going, yeah, look at them milkers. <laughs> I know milkers is such a horrible word. But on the same sense, women are looking at guys in gray sweatpants doing the exact same thing. Look at that milker. You know, I want to milk that. I, God, where am I going with this? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm talking about looking at people's I'm I'm turning uh you know the sexually subjecting these these men and women but I just think it's gross. I it's poor taste. It really is poor taste, especially if you're caught on the air as I've just basically uh confessed right there that it's just poor taste that uh that you look at that. First of all, can I just say now for the most part I don't wear get ready ladies, get your puke baggers ready, that I don't wear underwear at all. I haven't worn underwear in I don't know how long, but there's something about wearing underwear now as to when I was like 20 and, and, and 30 years old. I guess I was more active, so I needed that support. Uh, I'm not as active anymore, so I don't need the quote-unquote support. Plus, I look at it now as a little bit emasculating wearing underwear now if i do wear underwear it's the the boxer briefs things you know that's the big you know they look like shorts but they're briefs you know my dad still wears the tidy whities and you say well how do you know that well my dad lives with me and i've seen him <clears throat> you know go from the the bathroom his bathroom in his hall in the by his bedroom in the hallway and then kind of sneak out and <laughs> you know, with a t-shirt on and his underwear type thing. But he, he's 77 years old and he lives and dies. I say lives and dies. Like he's standing on a hill going, everyone my age needs to wear tidy whities No, he wears tidy whities and uh, I don't wear anything for a couple reasons. Now, and outside the ones I just told you, it just takes up more laundry that I don't want to do. So if I can eliminate something from my wardrobe that will cause me labor Later on, I'm going to eliminate that. I used to wear the the tank tops, the wife beaters underneath my shirts all the time. Uh, and then I realized that that, again, took a lot of effort to fill up the laundry tub and do more laundry. So I quit doing that. But I just thought the whole gray sweatpants was gross. 
when you when you look at that or women oogle and stuff, you know. Uh, but at the same time, they're you know we want to be we don't want to be object, uh, objectified, uh, but yet they turn around and do the same thing. I know it's a double standard. You know you can go around and around in circles on that. We're going to take a quick little break, and when I come back, I'm going to talk about uh, what happened at Walmart, my favorite place, because <laughs> I completely showed my ass, and then all of a sudden I was like, "Oopsie!" So stick around, I'll be right back. So in the process of talking to Shane, one of the things I, I brought up with him, as uh, you guys might know, if you've listened to the, the start of this podcast, or not this podcast, but the whole entire series and stuff, uh, his wife works for a sleep, uh, you know, sleep study people. And I don't want to say they, they push like the CPAP mask on the people. And I'm, I, I think it's a gimmick or somewhat of a gimmick. I've heard uh, good stories and bad stories about it. And <clears throat> my wife for the last couple nights has been, you know, nudging me more as I'm sleeping. And I don't know if we went over this before, but I, I did have COVID uh, a few weeks back when we got back from Long Island and it wasn't bad, but it was like congestion for me. And I still have a little bit. You might hear me clear my throat now and then uh, I do have a little bit. I'll try not to get it on the microphone so you guys don't get infected. But I do have a little bit, like, I call it like a web, like on the bottom of my throat, like a web of mucus <laughs> for the most part. Uh, and, but my sleeping, my breathing, uh, sleeping, you know, I've heard that studies and, and stories about them saying that, you know, it sticks around and it makes uh, things taste different and, and you breathe a little different and stuff. And, and I'm realizing that now the, the food for the last two weeks or three weeks now, whatever the, the number is, the food has tasted more blander than it has in you know the past. I love a, a lot of vinegar. I love a lot of that type flavors and stuff. I like that sour, uh, not necessarily sweets and stuff. I get my sweets from from the beer, so that kind of tapers off from there. But that sour, that salty, that 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 crunch type deal. I'm noticing a lot more now that I'm adding more vinegar, red wine vinegar to my salads because I'm not getting that, that right here. You know, if you're watching this here on the YouTube video, these glands right here, if you get like a real good vinegar, you glands right here go. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so that's changed and I'm trying to, hopefully it'll go away. Hopefully it'll go away. Uh, I hear people talking about, you know, it took, you know, three, four months to, to get that back in check. Uh, but I was telling Shane that my sleeping pattern has changed so much that I'm literally like cotton mouth in the middle of the night snoring. I mean, everyone snores a little bit. My wife snores a little bit. We all snore a little bit, especially if you got a little weight on you. Um, I've been, uh, you know, going to bed at night. I try to go to bed at night before my wife does. <laughs> before she gets home so i'm sitting there you know passed out and stuff and she comes home and i'm snoring so i'm sure it's hard for her to get to sleep uh but i did go out and buy like those nasal those little strips that go on your nose and they work for the most part as long as you're breathing through your nose if you put that strip on your nose and you breathe through your mouth it really doesn't do much does it so my wife is like literally like punching me saying you know roll over move this move this way and I'm and I feel bad for her because she's got to get up early in the morning to ride her horse or or go to work or whatever she does. I don't know what she does. I don't pay attention. <laughs> no, I know what she does, but uh, she doesn't have the luxury of, of like me sleeping in till you know seven thirty eight o'clock. So I try my best, and some of the things I try to do is like put my tongue 
like bite my like stick my tongue out of my mouth a little bit and kind of bite on it and kind of sleep like that <laughs> you know try not to bite my tongue in the middle of me sleeping i try to take my jaw and move it forward and close my mouth i try different angles laying on the pillow with my head back with my head forward just trying to put myself to where it keeps my tongue if you ever look at your tongue on an x-ray or whatever it you know from laying on the back of my throat and making me snore And I never had this problem until I got quote unquote COVID and the COVID has made me change my whole entire breathing. The way I approach breathing, not normally like when I'm awake, but when I'm sleeping, my throat and everything just gets like cotton mouth dry. And well, maybe that's the 16 beers and stuff you had before you went to bed. No, no, it's, it's not that because, you know, I I cut myself off at a certain time. I'm like, okay, Time to cut everything off, time to have dinner, time to be a grown-up, time to, you know, make sure everyone's done, everyone's taken care of, and and uh, I have a, a water, lemon water, all the time with me uh, when I'm in bed. So, but yeah, cotton, I mean, literally, like, cotton mouth. Well, then you look at your heater, you know, because we do live in North Carolina, and you look at the heater and or the central AC and heat, and you're like going, well, maybe it's that. Yes, there is a vent right there by my head, you know, in the floor because we have a crawl space here in North Carolina and, and the heat does come up through. I've got a little table there and it probably works around that. And then I'm breathing that in and I'm it, so much cotton mouth to where I literally cannot close my mouth. <laughs> Do us a favor, right? No, I mean, I literally cannot. It's so dry. It's like concrete. And I have to go reach over and grab my sippy cup and you know, try to get some kind of fluid in my mouth so I can lube my jaw back up and and close it. So I was talking to Shane about getting a, a CPAP machine. He's like, yeah, I, I think I'm, you know, I, I'm at that point now where I, I've got to get a CPAP machine. He's put on, he says he puts on, put on so much weight, but I don't know. I haven't seen him in a while, uh, but he said he's put on a lot of weight and his breathing patterns have, have changed. And I told, um, I told Shane, I said, well, you know, do you have something and he's like yeah my wife will probably have like some quote-unquote used ones laying around i said all right great you know that's what she does she's she's got a shop and cpap this and and that's what she does she might have some you know slightly used pre-owned cpaps <laughs> so i told my wife that she's like oh no i'm like what do you mean oh no she's like oh no way you're not the people you don't want to be breathing the junk and stuff that that and she went off on this spiral about her horse trainer has a CPAP machine and he doesn't, I don't want to say he's not the cleanest person in the world, but he is not the cleanest person in the world <laughs> as far as, you know, he's got two kids running around and yeah, I'm sure he's fine. He does what he can to do, but he's got two kids, you know, a, a newborn or, or a preemie and not a preemie, but a, a newborn, I guess, and a two-year-old or three-year-old and they're running around. So he's got all this kid germs and then he's dealing with horses and dealing with, you know, um, horse poop, horse snot. I mean, it, it's just a whole infectious uh, environment that he, he lives in. He's constantly sick. and But I don't think he, he has the time or has the effort to clean out a CPAP machine. So all the stories that my wife understands is that, you know, he's always, he's always sick. The trainer's always sick. And he's got to, you know, he doesn't clean the CPAP machine out. So she's thinking that's what's going to happen to me. I said, and she's worried about me getting the the CPAP machine from Shane's wife. This is her business. I didn't want to say that to her. You know, <laughs> who who are you to say that she doesn't sell clean products? I didn't want to get into that discussion. So I said, well, all right, uh, I'll ask Shane if, if he's got a, uh, one laying around. Oh, you got to clean those out, my wife says. You got to clean them out. You got to boil them. You got to do all this stuff. Babe, it's not like she's got a, a, a cabinet full of these things that she's just throwing up in the closet. And she's like, what size are you? You know, Shane's wife. <laughs> Give me the, the fighter pilot mask. I'll wear that one. So we'll see. Uh, I reached out to Shane, like I said, and he said, I'm, I'm having to get on it now because I'm fat and I can't eat like I used to. And I'm like, I know, man, it, that's what happens. He's like, I'm borderline diabetic. I'm not taking care of myself. I said, you've got a lot more on your plate. You're taking care of your whole entire family and not taking care of yourself. You need to start doing that. And I said, by the way, can I have a CPAP machine from your wife? Um, so that's where we're at on that. And uh, I don't know where we're at. 
So I'm going to try to get a CPAP machine or something and try it out because I don't want to spend, they're expensive. I don't want to spend a whole lot of money on it. You know, if I can get like a, like a trial, like rent one for, for a week or two and see if it does me any good, because maybe that's not the problem. Maybe it's just, uh, maybe I need one of those mouth guards where you put it in your mouth and it opens up your jaw a little bit. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, Stay tuned for details on that one. Um, So I went to Walmart and I did something. I don't know. I showed my ass a little bit and uh, I'll, I'll dive into that. Uh, when we come back, I promise. So stick around. I'll be right back. There is one thing that I cannot stand at all. My whole entire life, I there's one thing I just cannot stand. I will I will yell, I will scream from the mountaintops. I cannot stand those people that stand on the side of the road with their signs. Help me. Uh you know, lost my job. Uh, I have two kids at home, uh, whatever, whatever the, you know, homeless will work for food. You know, that was a big thing for a while. And then, you know, <laughs> people got smart and said, okay, you want to work, work for food. I got some, uh, you know, concrete bricks that need to be laid and I'll give you a, a ham sandwich when you're done. So the bums go, well, maybe we need to think over this. We'll work for food. And then they started doing like army vet. Now, the, the thing that you don't see now is you don't see the Army vet signs anymore, right? And <clears throat> I know in the, in the 70s and 80s, you would see the Army vet because, you know, we just came out of, like, I say just came out of. Vietnam was still fresh on everyone's mind. Uh, then you had Korean War, and then you had uh, Panama and all that stuff. Not to get up, give you a history lesson. But you don't see, you know, uh, wounded veterans anymore or wounded. Hey, you know, I can't, you know, I need help and all that stuff. I think that's pretty much gone away because there's a lot of them that were doing like stolen valor. Uh, and you know, you get a guy out there who served, you know, in Afghanistan and served in Iraq and, and the Kuwait war and, and all the other, uh, things that have happened since, you know, the eighties and stuff. And you know, what, you know, what regime were you in? And if they can't rattle it off, those guys, the people who actually did serve, uh, would beat the fucking shit out of you, <laughs> fucking homeless. So homeless people again had to sit there and uh, recapitulate as far as how they're going to approach, you know, uh, scamming money. So I just cannot. I literally, with a passion, cannot stand people on the side of the road with signs. I mean, it's gotten so so bad now in our little town here, a little town of Marshville, population twenty five hundred people. And the next town over is uh, Monroe. I think they've got a population of, uh, I, I forget, 9,000, somewhere around there, 9,000, 11,000 people. Still small, small potatoes compared to where I grew up in Orlando. But I'll see women out there with poster boards that are completely, like they got them from Kinko's. They're completely fucking laminated. You know, they've got the, remember the old school lettering in elementary school, the ABCs up on the, uh, above the, the chalkboard? What's a chalkboard, right? <laughs> Above the 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 board that would that you write on with chalk, and it's that bubble type lettering. They would have those on the signs. Help me, you know, mother of two. And you're like, you know, where's the kids? <laughs> As I drive by. That's what I do. I I heckle them. Where's your kids? Or whatever, you know. And my wife hates it. No, no, you don't know their story. No, I do know their story, babe. This is <laughs> they are. This is a scam. It's a total fucking scam. I wish. If I wish I honestly could hit, hit every single one of them with a bat. I know. I know. I really wish I could. That's how much I cannot stand people on the side of the road with these signs. 
then you start seeing people who actually quote unquote do good stuff. Like what's the, the fire department that says, you know, fill the boot. And so the homeless people are like looking at that, like taking their uh, motto, taking their, whatever they got going on and say, Hey, how can we adapt that to us? And if you don't know what fill the boot is, basically it's the, the local fire department walks around with their actual like rubber galosh type boot. And they, and they're sitting out there in their full uniform. I don't know if they do anymore. I haven't seen any in this town. Uh, and people put dollar bills in the, in the boot and stuff. And I know there's there's rules and stuff as far as like panhandling, asking for money. You have to have some kind of badge or some kind of permit uh, in some towns and some areas. What's getting me right now is every time I leave my favorite Walmart here, Town Killers, <laughs> Walmart is. Well, I mean, they are because I live in, um, not Monroe, I live in Marshville. And we have a food lion. We have a Carolina hardware. I don't know how they got that name. <laughs> that was low, low hanging fruit for anyone on that domain. Carolina hardware store. Uh, and then that's it. I mean, there's a couple mom and pop restaurants and stuff around here. But I mean, there's a Bojangles and a Wendy's. That's it as far as franchisee stuff here. That's all we got in this little town. When you move over to the next town. Then you got a little bit more. So I have to go to Walmart to get all my stuff in the next town over. One-stop shop. It's always good. I mean, like today, where else can you buy a plastic owl to keep birds out of your garage and a uh, a slab of salmon at the same time, frozen salmon? So it, it that's that's what I'm where I go every Friday. I go up there, and I've been seeing these people, and they're getting bolder and bolder and bolder. And these people... I don't know what the scam is. I don't want to know what the scam is because when I see them, I literally want to hit them with a bat, like I said, but they're getting bolder and bolder. It started out back in, what month is this? February. This started happening back in June, April, May, June, somewhere back there. There is one or two main traffic lights when you leave the Walmart parking lot. One, you know, two main, you know, horseshoe of, of, you know, traffic to get out. Traffic light here, traffic light here. On either side, you've got to sit there. So you've got, you know, an, a captured audience waiting for that light to change. You can see where I'm going with this. So you've got these people that walk up and down the, these, you know, three rows of, of cars, you know, left lane turning all left, middle lane turning left, they're going straight, or the right lane just turning right. And that happens at both traffic lights. So you've got a minute and a half between light changes, light cycles. So they walk up and down and they've got these small four by four pieces of paper and they're always like a neon color, neon pink, neon green, whatever the color is. And there's always something printed on it. And there's people and these people are, are dressed up. Now, when I say dressed up, it looks like they went to the local Goodwill. They went to the local, I don't know, work release or something. You know, when they, when you get out of jail, and you have to go get a job. They give you this like ratty clothes. They don't fit right. They don't match right. Like you got a brown tie with a blue suit, you know, that type thing. And they don't fit, you know, everyone who's wearing the clothes are like 150 pounds, but they're made for like a 250 pound guy. So they're, they're rolling the sleeves up so they fit and they're rolling their pant legs up so they don't scuff them on the bottom. And they're handing out these, these flyers. And my wife saw him a couple times back in June. She's like, what are they? Roll the window down. I want to see what they, no, 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 babe. No, do not, <laughs> do not look at them. It, they're like animals. You know, you feed them. They'll come back every time. I said, don't look at Why? But light turns green. <laughs> Drive through. I wanted to see what they, no, no, <laughs> not talking to them. So, and then last month and the month prior to that, right, right before Christmas or right around Christmas, they started walking through the parking lot at Walmart. Now, here's something that you might not know about parking lots in big establishments like Walmart or any kind of um, big box stores. If you look at the lines that are painted, okay, any at Home Depot, Lowe's, or anything like that, if you look at the white or look at the parking spots when they're painted, they're usually all white, white lines, right? White, 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 white. If you go further back in the parking lot, you will see a yellow stripe for whatever reason, goes through the whole entire parking lot. That is mostly, I'm 90, 90% of the buildings that have this. It's a yellow line, which gives 
the the easement between the front doors of the establishment and where it's now considered public property. Like you can, you know, post your little, you know, <laughs> Tom's landscaping out there. You can do all that stuff without having it interfered. Uh, you can have like a blood drive out there past that yellow line that's in a big, huge parking lot. So that's like public domain type deal. I always park out there because I don't want a dipshit hitting my car, you know, my very expensive cars with their fucking door or with their fucking kids or with the fucking shopping cart. You can see I'm getting passionate about this. So I always park back there, but I know in my mind, I'm going to have to deal with these morons that are now walking through the parking lot, whether it be someone going, Hey man, you got a dollar, you got a dollar because they can do that because it's public domain, public access. Let me mute this real quick. They will literally get arrested for panhandling if they are caught within those boundaries from the front door to whatever that yellow line is. Look for it. Look for it next time you're out there. Believe me, it's there. So I have to deal with, you know, the panhandlers. Are, they're walking through the parking lot. And I always watch. Now I'm like eagle eye guy. I, I, I should have been a, a spy. I should have been a cowboy. <laughs> Sorry, Toby. But I should have been like some kind of spy or something like that, or one of those agents that just notice stuff because I notice people walking like through parking parked cars and stuff. And I'm like, going, all right, where's your car at buddy? Where's your, your thing at? And sometimes my wife and I will be walking through the parking lot and I'll say, stop, I'll say, babe, stop right here for a minute. And she's like, what, what, what's going on? And she's not paying attention. I'm like, just stand here for a minute. Let's, let's look at, you know, talk about something for a minute. Like we're just talking out of the corner of my eye. I've already seen this homeless guy kind of, you know, weasel and snake his way through the, the parked cars. I want him to go by me. So my wife and I don't have to deal with him. And so back to the, the guys that are standing at the stoplights with the, the baggy clothes, the baggy church clothes or business clothes or whatever they got going on, handing out the, the neon pink things. They've gotten bolder now and they figured out that, Hey, I can get closer to the building, the Walmart, and talk to people like a one-on-one as they're putting their groceries in the shopping cart or the from the shopping cart to the, their car itself. So a couple of them come up to me and they look like they're from a halfway house, like they're, they're trying to work themselves in. Great, that's fine. The, the programs, those programs, if you can stay with them, they work fine. But don't, I don't want to be part of your program. If this is what you have to do to get clean and sober and, and you know, work through so you don't get put in jail again, fine. Don't involve me, please. So they always come up, and I, and I see them out of the corner of my eyes because that's what I do. I'm very observant. As soon as they get within 15 feet, no, thank you. Uh, but, sir, can you? No. And I'll look at him and point as I'm pointing to the camera. Here. I'll go, no, no. And I'll do this, like, get. <laughs> like, a, like you're a bad dog. Get, get out of here. I don't get the fuck out of here. And they always go, okay, sir, okay. You know, I always do that because I'm a bigger guy, bigger than them, most of them. Uh, like I said, they're about 150 pounds soaking wet or 165 pounds with all the clothes they got on them. And I'm, a, you know, I'm 6'2". Uh, I'm coming down. I'm, a, I'm 260. I'm sorry, 270 pounds now. Um, my goal is around 250, by the way, 250, 245. So I'm almost there. And but I'm I'm, I'm very intimidating, and I know I'm very intimidating. Um, and I use that to my advantage sometimes to not to bully and get my way. But I'm like, hey, you know, get the fuck away from me, or I will punch you in the throat and take everything that's on your body that's not attached. I don't do that, but still. It's the vibe I give off. So now I've got, I'm standing in the, you know, going the today. So I'm standing there and, and loading my, my car up. I'm, I'm just waiting because I know they see me. They see me walk all the way out there. I'm looking around. I don't, well, I don't see anyone. Don't see anyone coming to me. <laughs> you know, they must be off today. Oh, it's getting ready to rain. That's why they're, they're probably huddled underneath something. And I'm sitting in the line getting ready to pull out in traffic. I'm in the left lane turning left. And, you know, the center lane and then the far right lane. And I can see them. They, here they come. You know, they've been standing at the light, waiting for the light to change. They stand up there. They wait for all the cars to get up there. And they start piling up or start backing up. And then they start to walk down the thing in between the cars. Young kid. I can see them. They always lean over to the window. You know, like like I can't fucking see. <laughs> they always lean over the, 
you know, the windshield. Hey, like waving into your, into your window, your own little private space. And they are like, roll the window down. This, I just had it. I don't know what, what it was. I, it just clicked. I just was tired of it. I looked at him and I just gave him, and he's on my, my passenger side. I just gave him the middle finger. I mean, straight up, no, if you're watching us here on the, on the video here, no thumbs out. You know, all four fingers, all three fingers down with the thumb curled over tightly like that. And my middle finger is hard and erect as I could possibly get it in the air. And I go straight up, not waving it or anything, just extended my arm out as far as my arm would stretch out over my passenger seat in, you know, at my passenger window like this. And I go, fuck you. And the guy, I was waiting to see what his response was. If he's a child of God, or if he's just doing this to make extra pennies on his uh, work release program, he goes, he's, and he's pointing to the the piece of paper and he goes, and he kind of goes like this, like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And I go, fuck you. And he goes, points to the sky through the window. He's mouthing, Jesus loves you. I go, Finger still erect, arm still extended. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> and the guy goes, yes, he does. I go, still erect and extended. No, he doesn't. I'm sitting there. Try, I'm still I'm, I'm at the, the mercy of the stoplight. No, he doesn't. And I'm doing the finger thing here. No, he doesn't. And he goes, no, yes, he does. Okay. And I said, you know, basically went from this to the thumb, to the thumb going, get the fuck out of here. And as I'm doing that, and I flick him off one more time, as he passes by my my passenger window and works the next car behind me, there's a minivan <laughs> in the middle lane, and the woman that was behind the, the the steering wheel in the driver's seat, she's in the driver's seat, she must have been maybe 25, frail, new mom. You know, you, you know what I'm saying? She's probably 110 pounds. New mom with a piece of shit minivan with two kids in the back in car seats and just as pale as pale can be. She doesn't see any daylight. Daywalker, I think they call him. Hair, brown hair, back in a ponytail, not styled or anything. And as the this kid, this guy with over baggy clothes moves away from my my window, my passenger window, she's looking right at me like, oh my God. <laughs> you know? She's got both hands on the wheel, not 10 and 2 at the top, you know. Uh, what is that? Uh, 10 and, yeah, I guess 10 and 2, 10 whatever it is. And she's looking at me like this, like, God, oh, my God. And I kind of look at her like going, the fuck are you going to do? The fuck are you going to do? And she's like, tur- the light turns green by that point. She turns like slow, like she's just witnessed like a murder or something, turns and looks at her steering wheel, light changes, Everyone in front of me goes, I go, she sits there for a minute and then starts rolling off slowly because now she doesn't want to be in the same turning lane and we're all turning at the same point because we're all going to end up in the same place. And I kind of went, ah, shit. You know, I know this girl, this brand new mom with two kids in the back probably has gone home. I probably ruined her life. You know, in North Carolina, it's about Bible Belt, so everyone should be, you know, treated equally or whatever the bible and jesus and all that stuff but i know she's gone home i'm thinking of the stories in my head as i'm driving home she's gonna go and this man hey he actually flicked the guy off who's preaching for jesus he's got flyers with jesus christ on a on a on a cross and he fucked he flicked him off and and told him that jesus does not love him and the guy was trying to tell him, he does love you. And the guy kept saying, no, he doesn't. And the guy kept going, yes, he does. Take this flyer. And it, he put out the biggest middle finger. <laughs> I'm like, these are the stories that go through my head. And I just felt, I didn't feel bad for the kid I was flicking off. I felt bad that that, that single mom, she, you know, he's, she's single. She's driving around, you know an Astro van with two kids strapped to the back seat. And uh, I just felt bad. That was the only thing. I just felt so bad. <laughs> I know. But I got my point across, right? That's all that's important. I got my point across. Oh, man. Are you ready for uh, for Valentine's Day? I know we're in February and stuff. Uh, I'm having a, not a dilemma, but I want to talk this through as far as what 
what I should do for this Valentine's Day. <laughs> Don't tell her to fuck off, right? With the middle finger or something. All right, stick around. I'll be right back. So one thing that is the worst is having a birthday around Christmas time. Because, you know, you always get gypped with presents and stuff. I uh, My birthday is January 6th, just by coincidence. You know, all that stuff happened in Capitol Hill and stuff. But I was supposed to come out um, when I think I was due on December 28th. Thank God I was not <laughs> born on December 28th. Because I feel for people, you know, with their birthdays you know, either in December or, uh, one week after one week, you know, around there, especially January. I was, uh, I was born on January 6th at one twenty-five in the afternoon. And in my family, I'm the last one in the cycle. And the reason why I say that is because after my birthday, no one in the family has any birthdays or anything going on until May. So May starts the birthday cycles in the family. So I've got a cousin has got a birthday in May and then, you know, two in June. Uh, my dad's in June. Uh, then you got, you know, July and you know where the months are and stuff. And then you run into uh, aunts and uncles that have birthdays in September and October, November. Then you start running into Thanksgiving. Then you start running into, you know, birthdays in December and then Christmas. Then you got New Year's and then it's me. Boom. January 6th, that's the last birthday. So by the time everyone gets to my birthday, they're done since May because we've been going you know, to, to and from people's houses and stuff. So they have a, a four-month window, five-month window bef- before anything happens again. So I'm always the last one. Even though I'm the first one of the year, I'm the last one in the cycle of the family. So sometimes birthdays are good. Sometimes birthdays are bad. Uh, I just kind of go with it. The older I got, I saw how much it was taxing my family. So I'm like going, eh, you know, my mom's, like, oh, what do you want for your birthday? Nothing, nothing. It's so, it feels like such, so much pressure on the family to get together one more time <laughs> for this guy, this only child, bastard child. No, my mom and dad are still together. Well, my mom passed away, but my whole entire life, they've never gotten divorced or anything. So they've been together the whole entire time, but it's just kind of you know, it just kind of sucks sometimes, you know, you've got a birthday that close and at the end of the cycle. So it's kind of like a one, two punch, like <laughs> Trav's birthday is coming up and it's right after Christmas is right after this and all that. My wife, her birthday is in February. Thank God it's the last week of February, but here's the thing. You've got Valentine's day. So when your wife's birthday is in the same month as Valentine's day, do you do the same thing. You don't want to combine the two together, right? I got to take you out to dinner twice this month. You know, if you think about it as a, you know, a 20 something year old person uh, dating someone for the first time, or if you're dating someone for any length of time, you're 20 something and, oh, here, happy Valentine's Day. Here's chocolate and candy and stuff. And then a week later, you're like going, okay, well, here's, now we're going to dinner again. Jesus, I'm going to go broke. <laughs> February's my broke month. So it sucks. I don't want to say it sucks. Hold on. Let me take that back. It's just a different aspect as far as when you have a loved one that has a birthday around Valentine's Day because you don't know what to do. Do you combine them together You know, or you get the whole, I don't need anything. I don't want anything. Everything's good. Just get me. You know, We'll go to uh, Valentine's Day dinner and then you don't have to get me anything for my birthday. Or you do the, the combo where you just give them all at once. My wife's birthday is just, it's exactly one week from Valentine's Day. So 
I always, we always do like a Valentine's Day dinner and like a cutesy card or something like that. And then she gets gifts on her birthday. Well, when you get to 50 years old and you've been together for 15 years now and you're like going, all right, Valentine's Day, I I always want to do dinner on Valentine's Day. I just like a, a nice dinner between the two of us just to, you know, everyone, when you get to, you know, 40 years old and 50 years old and you just want to stop, stop the world from spinning for a little bit and concentrate on the two of you. That's what Valentine's is. It's a day for lovers. I know you're all, all the women out there. Oh, he just wants to spend time with his wife. Yes, I love to spend time with my wife. I get along with her. I love her very much. Uh, we get along, I mean, for like 96% of the time we get along. Uh, I'm bullheaded. She's bullheaded as well. So sometimes those bulls like to lock horns. But uh, for most of the year, we, 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 um, what do they say? Uh, not a company. We, uh, not accommodate each other. No, we compliment each other. I knew, I knew there was a, a variation thereof. So I like to have a nice dinner for the two of us and I'll get her something a little, you know, corny. She knows I'm not big on, on doing things like that. So when I get her something, it's just that one extra surprise. And then we have her birthday and the birthday could be anything. It could be a trip. It could be, uh, something that she's always wanted, uh, dinner doesn't really matter dinner or, or whatever. Uh, she could take it or leave it. Uh, but I, you know, get her something nice that she wanted, or like I said, go somewhere on, and on vacation this year, I am, I'm torn because there's a couple things that are happening again, back to us living in Marshville and a small little town with a, you know, a Bojangles and a Wendy's and not a whole lot of stuff going on out here. The next town over, just as bad. It's all fast food joints and, and nothing really of, of fine dining. Amy, my wife, she said, uh, for my birthday, I want crab legs, king crab legs, because we used to do it all the time in, in Orlando, Florida. And you can find them, good, you know, good fish markets and stuff. You can find king crab legs. Out here... We're in the we're in the middle of we're you know fifty miles from South Carolina. We're about two hundred miles from Tennessee, and we're about three hundred and something miles from the coast. So there's no like fish markets or anything out here. And if there is, I don't know how fresh they are. I reached out to a couple of people on Facebook. I'm like going, "You guys got king crab legs? Oh yes, we do." And like half of that sentence was already misspelled. I'm like, "Nope, <laughs> sorry, I'm not shopping there." So. The other thing was, we do have a, a a university out here, and I use that term very loosely. It's called Wingate, but it's spelled Wingate, W-I-N-G-A-T-E. It's an art school. It's uh, it's not a private school, but it is somewhat expensive to to go there. And there is a Japanese steakhouse in that area, Hibachi. So my question is. <laughs> Where am I going to find, because I want to do crab legs for Valentine's Day. And then I want to do hibachi for her birthday, because those are two things, since we lived in North Carolina, we have not done. And we've been in North Carolina now for 14 years. And when we first started dating, the whole, like every other holiday weekend or whatever oh it's thursday let's go get some crab legs oh it's a uh, monday on a you know june whatever let's go uh hibachi restaurants all our friends are going to hibachis and these are the type of things that that we miss so i'm at a, a, a standstill as far as do i risk getting crab legs at you know 99 dollars a pound <laughs> where in in orlando i think they're like you know maybe 29.99 a pound and then at the same time, go to a hibachi restaurant. And if you don't know what hibachi is, that's where they have the big hot thing in front of you and they do the whole volcano. You know, nothing's changed in the last 30 years as far as they're, you know, they, they, they spin the eggs, oh, egg roll. And then they do the, the volcano, oh, onion volcano. And then they throw the shrimp at the guy who's <laughs> the pathetic guy. They throw the shrimp at him. Oh, look, uh, Shamu, wave the tail and stuff. They do all that stuff. Do I run the risk? First of all, if you're going to go to a hibachi restaurant, you want a hibachi chef. You don't want <laughs> Sanchez behind there. Uh, 
Hello, hello, everybody. <laughs> poor, it's a poor uh, accent, but you don't want, uh, you know, a Chinese guy who's uh, was just scrubbing dishes in the back, you know, an hour before you got there. <laughs> One, see, <laughs> you're on station two. Okay. <laughs> we actually had a, uh, 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 <coughs> we actually had a uh, oh god, what where was he from? He he must have been Korean or something like that because he didn't understand the difference between Chinese and Japanese because he kept going oh famous Chinese uh whatever oh famous Chinese egg roll and I'm like going you know hand raise because that's what I do uh this is a Japanese steakhouse I don't think they appreciate you saying those type things there Julio you might get uh, fired there. <laughs> Tran Tran Pal, I think is your name. So but that's I'm at a I'm at a a, a crossroad. You know, do I do I run the risk of getting crab legs and having them here at the house? I'm we're not going out for crab legs. God no. That costs too much. But have crab legs here at the house and then do what? Like a hibachi at the you know at the hibachi restaurant and run into the chance of both of them worried about getting food poisoning or anything like that. So that's where I'm at. That's my, my standoff as far as uh, Valentine's day. And uh, then once you get through Valentine's day, I know here we go. And a little bit more and I'll wrap up the show here. Then we got our anniversary in our anniversary, 10 years, 10 years, uh, March 29th, I believe. So from there, we're going on a, a, on a trip. That's when we're going on a trip. So between Valentine's Day and my wife's birthday, and then literally 30 days later, going on a trip, uh, I'm excited for the trip. It's kind of one of those things where if it falls apart, it's going to fall apart together, and we, we're both going to enjoy <laughs> the uncomfortableness of either getting crab legs or the hibachi restaurant. So I'll take pictures of that and post them up on our Facebook page. This is 50 Facebook. Uh, make sure you like us over there. Uh, again, I'm trying not to make this commercial, but we appreciate you guys. All right, guys. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Hopefully, we can get Shane on the phone uh, here shortly. He's, he seems like he's doing okay. He's accepting the fact of his job and his duties as far as taking care of the household while uh, the missus is out there working, and she helps as well. Uh, so... All right, guys, on that note, we'll talk to you later. See you, bye. Cottonmouth.